And really today, it's not about capturing the 10 points. There's really only two points in everything I'm going through. There's only two points. So this is something for us to catch. So I'm just going to keep on going until we catch it. Huh? So it's interesting, about oof, a month ago, we're having an elders meeting, and we're talking about uh, just the church and, and how we need to get back maybe into just that prayer muscle again. And I'm like, yeah, 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 because I'm supposed to be the prayer guy and have passion for prayer. And then Steve says, hey, Chris, why don't you preach on prayer rather when your slot comes up? And inside I'm going, that is the last topic at this moment that I want to actually preach on. I mean, but I couldn't say that in a meeting because I'm supposed to be like a prayer guy, you know? So I couldn't really, I couldn't really say that. So I just kept quiet, like, yeah, yeah, awesome. And then I went home thinking, you know what, I'm just going to change. I'll email them tomorrow, you know, just, you know, let's just change the topic. I don't have the grace for it this season. Let's, let's change that. And then normally how I, when I preach and share, I get, sometimes I get pictures and, and like I, I, I see things and that's kind of is my preach. I get like, like almost I see a couple of slides or I see a couple of things and then I have to then go and build the stuff around it. And I was on the train thinking how, what I'm going to put in this email and immediately I got the five, kind of the five points. Now normally the reaction is cool, but my reaction was, I've got to now do this. You know, I've got like a month to actually try and work this out, and I really don't want to at the moment. But again, I couldn't say that. You know, it really wouldn't go down very well, you know. So, good luck. <laughs> but the Lord has been, and again, I got my, my, the topic is prayer, but partnering in joy for the promises. And there's two words here we're going to go through. You're going to, I'm going to drill you on partnering and promise. Partnering and promise. Partnering and promise. That's really that's all that's the, the talk's about. So, you know, I said I'm always being into prayer. I, I enjoy prayer. But I, I just, I've been struggling a bit lately with some of the promises of my life. And, and are we really impacting the city and all that kind of stuff. And all that's been churning in me. And, you know, and then... I get this topic about pressing in and fighting for the destiny on our lives and fighting for the word. And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do that. I just feel like watching TV. You know, I, normally I do enjoy some of that stuff, but it just, God is just pushing me to go to the next level. You know what? There's, there's, a, there's more that you can be fighting for in this battle. And this is not all about fighting. I understand God's grace. But I really felt God encouraging us today just to, like, yeah, he's so behind us. He's got so much for us. That's that the word um, Mark had earlier. And for us to catch that heart today as we go through and let him speak to us. And now I've got an interesting, this is a core scripture, but I'll read it first and I'll, you'll wonder what on earth is this. In 2 Corinthians 1.20 it says, For as many are the promises of God, in him there are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Clear as mud, isn't it? <laughs> you know, not the, not the verse I want to preach on, but what we do, I sort of unravel it. That's like the key verse. But let's go to the next um, slide. and We'll kind of unravel and take some of that clear of the water out a bit. So there's a couple of things if we break it into pieces. It says, promises are from God. That's the very first part of it. 
And then it says, the promises are now available, and yes, in Jesus. So the promises from God, Jesus comes, gets the keys back, dies on the cross, and now the promises are yes, in Jesus. But then he throws this part, he says, but because of what Jesus did for us, we provide the amen. I'm like, oh, but isn't it all the sovereign? No, it's God's sovereignty has chosen us to partner with him. And that's the exciting and the unexciting part. Because sometimes it means we actually got to do something when we don't sometimes want to do anything. And so that's part of my battle the last few weeks. So enjoy. Um, but the last part of it says, and this brings God glory. So God has the promise. Jesus makes that promise now available. And now he said, yep, now I've actually done the cross. Now I've commissioned my church. You the amen. And when we do it, you bring God glory. So we actually only like a small part of that whole equation. It's God, God, God. We do it a little bit and we take the glory. So, that's, uh, so the key out of this slide is the incredible thing of partnering with God. And it's not our idea. It's God's idea. It's all about Him. Okay, now we're going to step back. There's actually quite a long introduction before we get to the point in, in this verse. So, seeds are like a picture of promise. So, this is actually, I didn't know what seed to use. I actually don't know if popcorn will actually would grow into corn, you know, in terms of this, you know, as you get this. But if I, let's, this is corn seed. If I go and I just throw this around, who actually believes a corn tree is actually going to, a corn plant is going to grow up? <laughs> who believes that? Why? Because I haven't put it in the right soil. So the promise is in that seed, it is corn, and it can grow into a corn plant, but I have to put it in the right soil. I'm going to nurture it. But what if I take that corn seed and put it in a tiny little pot plant? It will start coming up, but then it will die. So we've got to keep on nurturing and growing as that plant expands. And that's kind of some of the promises of God. Is that we've got to look after these. We've got to nurture these things. And now it's interesting... That palm up there was actually from Jesus' day, but it's been extinct about 800 years. And then about 40 years ago, they found this jar clay with a number of palm seeds in it. And these seeds are 2,000 years old. And they put it in the right environment, they put some fertilizer, and there came the plant. So some of these promises that we think are dead and they feel extinct... When we nurture some of these things, life can come back. And we look at the Bible and we see some of these promises that you know, we think, will it ever happen? It feels like it died 800 years ago. When we nurture it and we take God at His word, we can generate life that impacts. Now, I was actually going to cut this slide out and a couple other slides, but this one time I felt God say no. I'm like, because my, my preach was too long. So this was my 
you know, my short and slide, and I was about to whoosh, and he, I just felt no. And so you have the slide. But we're going to go very quickly through it. So God's will, there are two components to God's will. One is absolute, and one is desired. So Jesus coming and dying on the cross was an absolute. Nothing was going to change it. Jesus coming back in the end is an absolute. Nothing's going to change it. The church wins. It is an absolute. We know it's going to happen. But God desires certain things. But this is where the partnership comes in because God is a God of free will. He did not create robots. He created relationship and choice. And so God's desire is that all men be saved. That's why he sent Jesus, that all men be saved. Is everybody saved today? No, because we have a free choice. We choose to be saved. And so even though God is so big and he can make anything happen, but in his wisdom or his plan, he chose for us to play that partnership role. So this is, again, God's idea. And so it kind of, this is what we're going to enter into, this partnership thing. Okay, another crazy slide. So, who can tell me what kind of seed that is? Oh, actually, up there. <laughs> it's an oak seed. There are James. You've... An oak seed can either be an amazing tree or it can be a bonsai. How helpful is a bonsai? A bonsai looks great, but it's not very practical. You're not going to build a house out of a bonsai. You're not going to climb a bonsai. It's there for decorative purposes. But I felt God say, often we, we limit ourselves in the promises on our lives to a bonsai. And an encouragement that I felt today was to say, you know what? Where there's a call and a destiny on all of us, and there is what we're meant to be are those oak trees. And it's, the reason we can be that is because of Him. And sometimes we think of the past mistakes, our past issues, our past challenges, and we put ourselves in the bonsai camp. The enemy wants to tell us we're bonsais, but we're actually not. That seed, if we nurture it, creates a big tree. And for us to say, you know what? I've failed in the past, I've struggled, I, this thing doesn't seem possible. Let God breathe in it a bit today. So what I'm asking you to do, let's close your eyes quick. No surprises. And just think, just let, just let God, just, just a couple of the key themes that people have spoken over your life, where you feel that God has felt, just spend some time with them. Okay, we're good. So just hold on to that as we go through. Two more quick um, scriptures just to show you again about this partnership thing. I told you we're going to just go the same two points. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. As God's co-workers, we urge you. And that, that's Paul there. So again, we're back to this whole theme. And so Dory, this next slide... We're not going to go through this. Don't, don't, not that one. The next one 
my daughter said, don't tell me, Dad, what to do. Um, so we're not going to go through this. There's the scriptures there to be online. But this is back to the partnering thing. We look at Jesus. Jesus came, they'd all be saved. And then in the us column, we are called to reach the lost. Jesus came and reconciled man to God. We have the ministry of reconciliation. Delta sickness at the cross, we are called to heal the sick. Continually intercedes for us at the, so the right hand side, the Father. We are a house of prayer for all nations. So again, this whole thing of partnering with God, but because of what Jesus has done, he's invited us into this amazing thing of being Jesus' representatives on earth. And on earth as it is in heaven, that's kind of like our mandate. And as you can see, it's a bit of the, the us piece has a bit of an action feel to it, doesn't it? It's not a passive, passive piece. So, what is really interesting, this whole thing of joy, and I, I wrote there, joy is a priceless heavenly commodity. And in um, an excerpt out of Romans there, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross. So, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. So, this joy thing is a special thing before God, has meaning to God. Joy, joy is, is a priceless piece. But where else does it talk about joy? And I'm going to tie this back to, to prayer. It says, until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. You know, we need to believe here that God's desire is to answer prayer. Plus, there's a joy in answered prayer. And I just felt today, God saying, encourage us again to go after this, this joy in prayer, knowing that it, it, it brings the God's, you know, it's God's heart is in this thing. It's not this sitting through mundane, going through this form, and just, I have to spend my 10 minutes, or, or whatever it is. It's getting into this joy of the Lord, and saying, God, you know what? This is your idea. You've said, ask, receive, so that your joy may be made full. There's this pricelessness of entering into this joy of prayer, and I felt God is inviting us into that. Get out of this, you know, if our joy is that I have a discipline of 20 minutes a day in prayer, that's like religion. It's like a form, but there's no power. I think God's inviting us into the power and the joy of prayer and the expectancy of answered prayer. And I just felt his encouragement on that. It's like, yep, we called to partner with him in this thing. So what is this? It, it's a shift in mindset that we need to say, yes, Jesus, I want to get into this answered prayer and grabbing your word and, and uh, understanding I co-labor with you, understanding that my prayers actually make a difference and my prayers make a difference because Jesus made a difference and Jesus then picked us to go and make a difference. So that's our authority. Our authority is not from ourselves. Our authority because Jesus went first and he commissioned us to go do it. And that's where authority comes. And so it's just I feel the Lord, just an encouragement was, let's raise our expectancy. 
And, I, and it's a joyful thing. It's not like, oh, please. No, there's God's favor is on this thing. He wants this thing. And sometimes the biggest battle is between our ears and we lose the battle here versus, you know what, God? I'm just going to trust you. And, and I'm going I'm to raise my, my level of expectancy. It was interesting. The, it took, I don't know how long to make the, to hit the four-minute mile. And it hadn't happened, you know, up until like 18-something. But then when the first person did it, I think within months, others had done it. And that's the same thing we're seeing as somebody steps out and shares a prophetic word in public or prays for somebody. What we're doing is we're showing that there's this incredible thing and it helps us raise our expectancy. And I think that's what God is saying. Hey, this is a season to raise our expectancy, to trust Him, because this is all His idea anyway. Okay, here's a busy slide. I have to do a graph. I have to. I have to. Who has believed for something and didn't get the answer? Yep. Who's been disappointed? Yep. Yeah, let's, yeah we've all been in that club. And that's why I called it the prayer and the why. And so looking at this, we have promise, and then we have the blue. And we look at what impacts promise. So first is timing. Remember when Jesus was in the temple when he was 12, and he said, but I'm meant to be here. But his parents said, nope, and he faithfully went with them. It wasn't the right time for Jesus to be revealed. Even though at 12 he felt it was, and he was full of intelligence and amazed the people, it was not his timing to be revealed. So sometimes some of our promises, it's not the time. But we stuck Jesus, we're doing that preparation, so when time, preparation and time meet, it's boom, we can go. The second piece is the size of the promise. You look at Moses, he had to free that nation out of Egypt, and the preparation um, that was needed for that because of the size of what he was called to. We look at warfare, like Paul sometimes, like I was, when you read about Paul, it talks about the warfare and some of the battles that he had to go through. Sometimes we are in a battle. And when we just press in a prayer, we don't always know what's happening because we're in a battle, but we're just called to press in. And then we, then we have a horrible one called character. Um, like Peter learned about that horrible one. Um, but what is the key? The key, as I got there, is prayer. Key is prayer, because that's the one thing we do control, is prayer. And then I wrote there, the other ones that we don't like to hear is trust, hope, faith, joy, and perseverance. Who loves being hopeful when you don't feel very hopeful? <laughs> There's times when, I know Nancy will say this, when, like, when I'm like, oh, but babe, you've got to just trust. I'm like, don't talk to me about trust. You know, just, you know, just, you know don't, don't go there, don't go there. Just let me have my moment of misery. And, um, you know, but the only option we have as Christians is trust, hope, faith, joy, and to keep on going because there is no other answer. We can't do it our own strength. We can't make it happen. And we have to trust that God understands this big picture of timing, size, character, warfare, Promise, and we're going to get a bit more into that. But 
let's, let's be more trusting of God and fight that battle of like, like we talk about Hebrews 11, those people who fought the fight of faith. And a lot of them never saw the promise, but they kept that fight up, trusting to see it. Now, I think that's what God is saying. Let's build a bit of that trusting, fighting, hoping thing and not get discouraged. Okay. Character. I thought, let's, just, let's dig a bit deeper on that one. <laughs> Sometimes where there's great promise, we need great Character, because if we come into that promise, the promise will destroy us. But character takes time. And the reason I have that gym one is I remember about it, this time last year, I was really sick. I was not doing well. I was very, very weak for about two months. Something I had, it just really, really weakened me. I just really didn't have strength. So, I do enjoy gym, and I used to do a lot of more machine weights when I was at university. I did more free weights. And then, for some reason, during this season of being really weak, I decided I'm going to go back to do free weights again, and I set a goal of bench pressing my weight. So, two months after feeling lousy and weak, I go in the gym, I get on the bench press bar, put some weights on, lie down, get up, take some weights off. <laughs> It's not very cool in a gym when you have a couple of Tarzans walking around. And, um, and load the weight. And then I'm, I'm doing my first couple of sets. I'm like, wow, the, 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 this, this, you know, this bench feels like really slippery. Who designed this poor design? You know, I'm like, you know. You're like, and then you realize, well, I haven't developed this, what I call the side, not side, but the stability muscle. So when you're doing a machine, all the stability is in the machine. So you just, you know, but when you're on a bench, like, you know, but it starts developing other muscles you never knew you actually had there because you've got to get the stability muscles. And I'm like, mm, maybe this mat isn't so slippery after all. You know? <laughs> and, and then I was, I, was, I was pressing in and then I just wasn't making any, I was getting to a certain point and I was getting really discouraged because I was just faithfully going and going and going. And I remember one day Keaton came back from school and said, oh, I did bench press or, no, he did squats of a certain amount. I'm like, wow. And then he said, yeah, the bar is like 40 pounds. I'm like, the bar is 40 pounds? I'm thinking, back to, <laughs> I'm thinking back to college when the bar was like these skinny little 10-pound, you know, little frail bars. I'm like, because I, I was getting really discouraged. I was hitting a certain level and I just wasn't going further. And I'm thinking back, well, college, I, I, I got past there. And, and he said, 40 pounds. I'm like, wow. And I added another 30 and I'm like, okay, this it gave, me some, it gave me a bit more hope to keep on pressing in when you add 30 pounds on top of what you've been doing. And, uh, but what it, that, that part of that is, is truth. Sometimes as we press in, God highlights certain truths that gives us hope. And so when we're pressing in in prayer, and we're pressing in with Him, and you start reading His Word, you're like, ah, oh, okay, okay. And it builds hope. And I'm like, you know what? I can reach this thing. And then... After months and months and months, I finally hit my goal. And then you'll see at the back person there is called a spotter. Okay? And think of spotter as team. So I hit my goal, and I was like, you know what? I was feeling pretty good. I'm like, I'm going to go, because in my mind I had another goal that I had from years ago, but I never thought I'd reach there. So I popped it all on, popped some more on there, another 30 on. I'm like, I'm going for it. But when you push it, it's a very dangerous thing. Because if you drop it, 
you're in trouble. You know, it's, one, it's easy to go down, but sometimes going back up is not as easy. And so what you do is you get a spotter, and what he does, he stands behind you, but he doesn't touch the bar, and as you you're know, stretching yourself to go for this higher goal, he stands there so that it doesn't just drop on you and you get a bar across the neck, you know, those kind of fun things. And then as you see, and then let's say you're struggling to get it back up, he will just gently with his fingers just give that little bit of extra and then you get it up. And what it's doing is he's helping you go beyond what you can do. And then he goes down again and then a bit more pressure. But what it does is now you're building that muscle which you couldn't have done by yourself without damaging yourself. But after doing that a couple of times, what you're doing is that strength is there and you don't need the spotter anymore at that weight level. And that's what team is about. Is as we press in for the goal and the call on our lives and pressing for things, we need people around us who are going to be those spotters who encourage us, who help us when we do take those risks where it could be dangerous or we could hurt ourselves. That's where we need each other to say, you know, yep, you, you can go to Africa and start something there, or you can do this, or you can heal the sick. Yep, you can get words of knowledge and see people healed in the streets. You know, we need sometimes that, that, that pushing, and that's where team comes in. But then, uh, I got home that day, and I'm like, babe, I'm your man. But then you, have your ki- then you have your kids who are like, yeah, but dad, but go work on that muscle, you know? You know really encouraging, encouraging stuff. So it kind of deflates the bubble <laughs> pretty quickly. So pressing in for the promises of our lives. Let's look at what Paul was saying to Timothy. He says, carry in your heart the passion of your calling. The passion of your calling, not just you know, that thing you're grinding out, and fulfill your ministry calling. And then he continues, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying of hands by the elders. And he says, take pains with these things, be absorbed in them, so that you progress and, we'll, and, your, and so that your progress will be evident to all. It's not that we get all completely locked in. It's all about me and all of our promises. No, we'll, we'll get there. But, it, it, but there is this thing of like, you know what, God? I need to take some, I need to pray about this. I need to, I started going through some of my old words. And I saw, you know, looking at the, the you know, what I'm saying is don't get it. Someone gives you a strange word like you're going to be a millionaire and you, that's your whole life. I'm going to be a millionaire and you're just so frustrated. You're not a millionaire. You know, put that aside. You know, if you get 50 of them, you can't make that happen. But we, what we can make happen is spending time with God. We can make time. And, and so I was going through some of the promises. Like, God, I'm looking at where he's been faithful and where I've seen growth. And I was looking at some of the ones where I just haven't seen, where there's a lot of the same theme coming through from all different people in different countries. And then I'm like, God, you know what? Give me faith again to go after this. It's not about, make it happen. It's like, no, God, I'm looking at this. And I don't understand why some of these pieces haven't happened. But you know what? I'm bringing them before you. Do what you need to do in my life. Fix any character things. You know, I want to be ready when the timing is right. And I don't want to be the one 
that's going around the mountain for 40 years on some things. You know, and that's why I think this, 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 this fighting over what we have and not just being passive at times and thinking through the things that, you know, God's calling us and, and that's where prayer is. It's this, this, this talking and, and working it out with God and trusting Him and, and kind of like what Peter and what Paul was here, Timothy, like, yeah, go for it. Feel the pain a bit in it, you know? So why do we want to do all this? Our greatest impact is when we're operating on the grace that God has for our lives. Because that's where the grace is, and that's where we have the biggest kingdom impact. Because remember, God says we are one body, but all different parts. And that's where, when we each part is operating as it should, that's where we have the biggest kingdom impact. It's not all being like Chris, or all being like Matt. You might draw some things from me that are cool, that I've maybe got some breakthrough in, but... That's what we do. We draw from each other, each other's strengths, because that's how the body builds. But it doesn't mean you become me. But you can draw. My victories should become your victories. So you don't have to go through the 20 years of learning how to pray and deliverance and all that kind of stuff. You get it quick, because that's the heart we have. We want the people who come after us not to have to go through the grind that we went through, because there's so much more to achieve. And again, if we have a mentality, everybody's got to go through what I went through. I remember the, I was talking to this one guy who, was, uh, who ran a team, and he's like, well, this team's not going to be ready for 10 years, because it took me 10 years, so they need 10 years of... Like, no. Because you did the 10 years, they can get there in one year. Because you've blazed the path, and you've, you've, you've created the grace for others to come into it. And so... Um, Going back to this, again, this is not all about us. Jesus, the ultimate reason Jesus came to earth was to serve. So let's go to another diagram. Yeah. But I think you've seen this one before, but I, I wonder what to show here. Sometimes we get so consumed with our stuff, but we actually are all called to a lot of the same things. So... We're called to love God first. We're called to love people. We're called to the great commissions. We're called to be like Jesus in character. That's the stuff. If you say, like, I don't know the word of my life. Love God. Love people. Serve people. Be like Jesus. Try and serve as much as you can. Because that's what Jesus did. He said, I came to serve and not be served. In character. Jesus, I want to be like you in character. I want you to just... You know, mold my life. I, what grace is not an excuse to keep on doing the same thing. Grace is there to transform us into the image of Christ so we don't have to keep on doing the same thing. And that's, what, that's how we lock into grace. It's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes in the past, but there is this grace to become like Jesus. And that's the grace that, that's the exciting part. And then I said commissions. Like, I don't know what to do. Well, heal the sick, share the gospel, you know. We can ask God for those things. Those are the, what are called the basics of the kingdom. God, give me a serving heart. Because you know what? If we know how to serve and God opens up an incredible ministry, you'll be safe because you won't think it's all about you because you know how to serve. So when you become a leader of thousands, you're a server of thousands, not the thousands serving you. 
So that's why God sometimes takes us through these things because he knows what the end game is. And it says Jesus learned the things through what he suffered. And when things did open up in those three years, Jesus was still the humble guy. And it said all the things that happened could have been written in numerous books. So there was so much stuff happening, but Jesus was still the humble servant. Okay. Now we're going to shift gear very quickly, and then we'll bring this to close. So what I've done is Daniel, Daniel 9. I, I just took a couple of excerpts out of here. And so this is Daniel when he was about to pray. So let me just, I'm going to read some of these experts. It says, I, Daniel, observed the word of the Lord to Jeremiah for the completion of captivity, which was 70 years. So I gave my attention to seek God by prayer, supplications, with fastings. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and then obviously it's about Gabriel coming, and at the beginning of it, this is Gabriel saying, at the beginning of your supplications, the command was issued, and I, Gabriel, have come to talk to you. So let's spend some time on this um, verse. So Daniel's reading Jeremiah, and two places in Jeremiah, it talks about the 70 years. And it says... Israel is going to go into captivity, but after 70 years, they're going to come out. But then also he's reading that the 70 years was to cause people to be hungry for God again. So he does a survey, and he finds out people aren't hungry for God. So at that point, you just say, it's not going to happen. They're not hungry. The 70 years didn't work. Um, so what he does, he intercedes on behalf of of the people. And you notice in the previous preacher, it wasn't Lord save them, it was about save us. It was about me, we. And so Daniel takes a position of saying, I see this word, I see God's promise, I see that the people aren't coming into this promise, so I'm going to stand in the gap and pray so that we come into this promise. And then when he started praying the first day, he prayed for a number of days. You know, and Gabriel says, we heard you the first day. And this comes back to this encouragement for perseverance. Because sometimes we end this battle a bit. And again, coming back to this thing of prayer is key. And so if there's a promise in the Bible, it is valid to go after it. If there's a promise... Then, there's a, then God obviously wants an outcome. And we can go after it. If something is in His Word, even though it looks impossible, like here, 70 years, nothing had changed. They still didn't love God, Israel. Daniel prayed. And you know what? It shifted. And He made that promise a reality in the 70th year. And God said, There's a man who's God's promise. Here's the Amen, the yes and the Amen. And there it was. And it came together. And this is part of our encouragement um, for us as a church to, that we carry this yes and this amen, not just for ourselves, but we carry the yes and the amen for our city, for our nation, for other people. So let's read through Ephesians 6.18. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Devote yourself to prayer 
be watchful in prayer, continue in, be steadfast in prayer. Do you think we get the picture out of this uh, verse? Um, so, what I call the next slide is standing in the gap for our generation. We have this yes and amen peace. And the key is, when we enter into this prayer, it's actually not about convincing God. What prayer does, when we enter into prayer, it changes us. Okay? It also, remember going back to the other diagram with the, you know, the, the timing and the warfare, and, 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 we talk, and also when Daniel was praying, in Daniel 10, he, started, he had the 21-day fast, and again, it said, on day one, we heard your prayer, but in there it says, Gabriel said, but the prince of Persia was fighting against me. But on day 21, he came to Daniel. So Daniel was praying what he thought was a basic prayer because we don't always know everything that's going on in a situation. But God knows what's going on in a situation. Even though we don't even know all the pieces, when we faithfully pray, God is putting all the pieces together. And that's where we've got to learn not to be discouraged because sometimes situations are bigger than we realize, but God has the wisdom to make it all work and come together. And the thing is, what if Daniel had stopped praying on day 20 because Gabriel came on day 21 in Daniel 10? And another key example of this is during childbirth, there's a period called transition, which is right near the end. It's a very vulnerable time and, and, and it's, you almost want to give up at that point. But it's also a sign that the baby is nearly there. And just our encouragement, at times we, we get to the point, it's very vulnerable, we're fed up, I'm tired of carrying this thing. But the breakthrough could be so close. And just God's encouragement us just to take some of those promises that we had and just let's start putting some fresh life and expectancy on them and trusting Him for that. Okay, you thought I'd never get to the end, but we are at the end. Conclusion, be thankful daily for God's goodness. Remember we said sometimes we don't have answers to questions, we don't understand why, but we do know that God is good. And if we keep on winning the battle between, our, you know, between here and reminding ourselves daily of the goodness of God, that keeps us in the safe place. I don't understand, but I know God is good. I don't understand, but I know God is good. That's, that's the, the, the thing we need to, you know, stay, you know, fresh trust, faith, hope. Oh, I'm going to pray this 50 times, whatever. No, God is good. I know he's watching over my life. I don't understand it. But Lord, I just trust you in this. I just keep on going. Because I said, that's all we have as Christians. Engage in prayer until God changes us. Because part of the issue is God knows how to deal with us. We don't. But we can trust Him with our, with our lives. Fight the good fight of the promises and the word. Just, yeah, go again. Just look at some of those words like Timothy. Fight the good fight. Put them before the Lord. But also do the other things that we, we saw. The commissions, the character, the... Just this, yeah, before God, like, yep, God, I want to grow. I want to be part of the body. I want to make an impact. We don't do it for ourselves, but we do it to serve. Serving is, is a thing. And how do I serve? 
I don't want to just give somebody good advice when they've got a messed up leg. I want to pray and see them healed. I don't want to be in the good advice business when I carry the authority and the power to be in the changing business. You know? And that's what I said. We've got to fight. Like sometimes, I, like we all have those days, like, I don't want to go to church this week. I'm just, I'm done. But you know what? We've got to get in that place. Like, God, I'm here. I'm there to serve. I don't feel like being here, but I'm here to serve. And I'm praying and pressing in because you know what? I want to be a blessing. Somebody comes up, you pray, you see the breakthrough, and you're like, wow, what if I'd come with such a lousy attitude? Or allowed the lousy attitude just to, you know, to, to stick around. It doesn't mean, we are, doesn't mean we, you know, we all have those days, and we might not feel great. But when we say, Lord, you know what? I don't feel great. I don't feel anointed. But I'm here just to serve, and I just put my heart right before you. We don't have to have all the tinglies and all that. But that's all God needs. It's just that thing of like, you know what? I feel lousy. I feel bad. I really, I, I, there was one point in my life where I was, this is years ago, I, I, I was feeling really lousy for a period of time. But I had the biggest breakthroughs of people, and miracles, people coming up. And I'm like, what about me? I mean, I could barely get through a prayer time. I was feeling really bad. But yet people are getting just incredible stuff. I'm like, but you know what? God is good. We're here to serve. I don't understand. But you know what? I'm going to be faithful what God has um, placed in me. So excited and to chosen to co-labor. This whole thing of co-laboring. We play an important part. Remember, the yes and we are the? Amen. And so key is this whole thing. Let's lock in in joy and expectancy. Let's shift our thinking a bit on this. Because remember, what our mission is on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. Yeah, you can just come up here anyway. <laughs> we, we haven't figured out how to end this meeting. so. <laughs> but what I wanted to do, and we might pray some more as well, is let's pray a bit. Now, you've been thinking about, remember in the slide number three or four, I asked you to think about some of those themes. Let's actually maybe... Why don't we pray for a person next to each other and just say, God, let's just pray a releasing of those, those calls and those promises in this season. Let's pray for a fresh breakthrough in those promises in that season. So let's, let's, let's just stand up if you guys are uncomfortable with that. You good with that? Okay. And Rebecca's back just to get her sister to pray for her. It's cool. Yeah, there we are. So yes, Father, we do thank you for just a release of expectancy and favor in this season. Father, we just do pray just for a release of your prophetic word, your promises over people's lives. We say yes and amen, Lord, to this season. We thank you, Lord. You've called us to partner with you. This is your idea. This is your plan. And Father, we just pray a fresh release in Jesus' name of a fresh anointing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, if we could just stay in that, that place of prayer for a little bit. I just, we just feel like God is doing something here. You know, I, there's just, um, there are times where we have trouble lifting up our own eyes. You know, and then we've just been assailed and um, just downtrodden. And this is a time where we can hold each other up. And so let's continue to pray for just a little longer. And um, I'd like to pray for us as well. Dear Lord, we thank you, Father, for what you are doing right now, that you are ministering to 
people who have just been hurt and broken, who have felt, as Chris shared, just felt that they don't even know what to pray for, or even if they want to pray, Lord. But I pray, Father, that you would restore hope, Father, that you would restore trust in people, that faith would rise up in people's hearts, even now, that as we lay on hands, that we would carry each other's burdens, Father, that right now we would be our brother's keepers and our sister's keepers, that we would stand together as one. Lord, we sense that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are that third strand, tying our hearts together, knitting our hearts, helping us to lift up our eyes, Father, to you. Lord, we receive from you. We receive right now. We drink deeply, Father. In this dry and thirsty ground, Father, where those dreams and visions have been laid aside, Father, we pray that you would restore those in Jesus' name that you would restore those apples of our eyes, Lord, those mm. that are ours would shine for the days to come, mm. that we would take hold boldly, Father. We would boldly take hold of what you have for us. We thank you that the kingdom is advancing forcefully and forceful men and women take hold of it. Mm. Lord, we say amen to your yes, Father. Right now, I just in one voice, we say amen. amen. We say it, and Lord, we thank you that all of heaven rejoices, Father, and you send your angels to meet us where we're at. Lord, you ministered to Jesus in the garden on the Mount of Olives, Lord, as he was um, sweating blood. Lord, you ministered to us, Father, even as we shed our tears. Lord, we thank you that you are near to us, Lord. You are near to our loved ones who are hurting and broken even far from here. Lord, we sense right now that, that people we've long been trusting for salvation, that our hope would rise again. Where we have been wary to pray for their salvation, Father, I pray for new hope to rise. Mm. That you have heard our prayers even now. Mm. Lord, where, where we have been wary to pray for our city, we pray for new hope to arise. Mm. We pray arise over Chicago in the name of Jesus. Mm. Where, we, where we have been despondent for our country, the divisiveness, the hurtfulness that has been there, we pray new hope to arise in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as, as Chris has prayed, Father, for the call, the incredible destiny you have over each of us, Lord, we embrace it in Jesus' name. We thank you that you give freely, and Lord, we receive freely. In the name of Jesus, we say amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. I just, um, thanks, Matt and Chris. I, I just um, wanted to say, I, I feel such a significant uh, shift in mindset happening uh, as Chris was preaching, you know, a lot of times, and I'll just be very vulnerable and honest, um, one of the things that I fall into uh, as I try to pray is uh, I look at things around me and I, I'm aware of the Lord's yes, but I'm, I sort of disqualify myself from the part of amen. And amen means yes, Lord, let it be Lord. And really that's, I thought Chris so beautifully and simply illustrated that that's our partnership with God. That, As he said, you know, all of the yes is in God. And our partnership is agreement, essentially. And one of the things that I think I can so easily fall into, and I would imagine some of you fall into this too, is really struggling with that shift of beginning to doubt the goodness of God, beginning to doubt the nearness of God, beginning to categorize God based upon how the world's thinking is and based on what's going on. And hasn't that always been the enemy's whisper and temptation? I mean, the first thing he ever said to Adam and Eve was, did God really say? Did God really say? 
and, and, and they were hooked. So I just want to encourage and even just pray over us, um, just, just the significance of that mindset shift. You know, when Mike Hanchett was here last week, he, he, he spoke out of 1 Corinthians 14, and we had preached out of, that, out of that passage the week before, and it spoke of the importance, that, not just the importance, the essentialness of everyone in the local church family coming full of faith, full of expectation, that we're impoverished when one of us does not. And that's not to put pressure, that's to recognize opportunity, to come expectant of the Lord. And so just that shift, I I already, just as I was listening to Chris, I mean, Chris, just amazingly well done and well put. I was just fidgeting in my chair, I can't wait to pray. Because I can't wait to say, yes, Lord, amen, 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 amen. So can I just, if, if that's a shift that you would, that you are sensing in your heart as well. Can I just pray for you right now? Can you just maybe put your hands in a position of receiving or whatever that may be for you? Lord, I just pray that over church in the city right now. Lord, we do not want to be a dormant spectating people when it comes to praying. We do not want to be a backseat, backfooted people, Lord. I thank you for that passage out of Ephesians 6 that Chris, that Chris illuminated for us. Be steadfast in prayer. Be always praying. And, I, and Lord, where the, where the enemy would come in and say, hey, that's work. Hey, that's God putting things on us. No, Lord, the answer is yes in you. You have commissioned us. You have called us. And you have put the same power in us that raised Christ from the dead. And so by your Holy Spirit right now, I just pray for a shift in hearts across this room. I pray for a shift in minds and hearts across this room in Jesus' name for the opportunity, the privilege, the inheritance of saying, yes, Lord, amen. We know your promises. We contend for them. And the the privilege and honor it is to stand in the gap for one another, for those of us who have families, for those of us who are married, in relationships, have kids, uh, single, at our jobs, in school. But we are all in this city and we all follow you with all of our heart, Jesus. So I just pray for a fresh revelation of that opportunity for partnership with you over us individually and over us corporately as a church. In Jesus' name, amen.